The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Happy USFL Tuesday, everybody. It's the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Rod Gomez. I, of course, have brought in Justin Mark one more time for our USFL Tuesday show. I, of course, have made the music go away early without the fade. My bad. <laughs> It's been a whirlwind of a week, and it's going to continue to be so. But, uh, Justin, speaking of whirlwind of weeks, we had a fantastic weekend. I I feel like we say this every week, but this week it was especially true of USFL football. It really was. Um, It's kind of like we hit on last week, that they you can tell everything is really clicking now. And uh, you saw that again this week. Everything's clicking, and everybody is just, they're fighting. I mean, we're close to the playoffs. We're getting there, so everybody's fighting for the those uh, top four positions. In a 10-week regular season, I mean, every game counts, obviously. But every game really counts now because there are teams that are, they say they're in the hunt. But at 1-5, I don't think you're in the hunt anymore. <laughs> you've, you've really got to win out the rest of these games and have some very, very good luck on your on your favor uh, if you want to try to get in the playoffs at this point so i mean we're seeing it all over the place now we're seeing some really good teams separate themselves and some really bad teams continue to struggle and you know as we hit on these last three weeks of the regular season for fantasy purposes especially right i mean this is the last week before playoffs for most leagues so that means that you're either fighting for a spot or you're really just you know you're packing it in or you're just sort of coasting along like somebody else in your house right now uh waiting for the next taker yeah still uh my wife's still undefeated um i was saying i hope she wins this week because then week eight i play her and it'd be great to hand her that first loss (laughs) little household rivalry there that's right Uh, she's the birmingham (laughs) stallions of the league man she's just taking it by storm like it's impressive to watch what she's been doing to this this whole experts league that we got going on right now uh, it's got to be the home field advantage, right? I'm telling you. Something. Well, you know what? I Maybe I should have her on the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, all right. Well, as we do every week, guys, we're going to break down week six. Again, this exciting week six that we just had. Um, I know that this is not a, a, a gambling podcast, as it were, but just know that every single game in this week hit the over. I mean, this is points galore. And it wasn't all just bad defense. I mean, it was really good offense, and it was good defense that scored some points, too, for these teams. So we saw it all. Yeah, we really did. Um, it was it was crazy. It was, great. it was entertaining to watch, for sure. Absolutely. I was entertained, and we all started being entertained on Saturday morning as we woke up to the Philadelphia Stars beating the Tampa Bay Bandits by the score of 35-28, to 28, one of the big numbers uh, that's been hung this season and look the story of this game was not necessarily the fact that the stars offense was looking amazing uh because when you look at case cookus <laughs> guy only threw for 73 yards he did throw for two touchdowns but the real story of the game was short field position which is why cookus didn't necessarily need to throw as many uh yards that he did and really the biggest story was mr colburn Matt Colburn, the second, 18 carries, 140 yards, three, Justin, three touchdowns. This guy comes in and just lights it up in the absence of Paul Terry. Yeah, extremely impressive. Normally, I feel like we would beat up on a quarterback that only threw for 73 yards, but he didn't have to. Um, And this is one of the first games we finally saw the Stars commit to the run. Um, last week, I think they had 11 carries the entire game or something like that. Carried the ball 29 times, 18 of those to Colburn for 140 yards, three touchdowns, just uh, an extremely impressive performance. 
the the frustrating thing maybe for fantasy managers is how do you move forward? What do you are all running backs startable? Um, is it just Colburn and Terry? You know, it, this is going to be kind of uh, confusing moving forward. And we'll talk about that later on as well, because yeah, this this brings up a lot of questions. We're we're too we're too far into the season to have these kind of questions right now, man. Like we want to have it locked up, right? Yeah, you you would hope, but uh, the USFL it's a it's a different breed. <laughs> it's a different breed. Darnell Holland carried seven times for thirty nine yards, and that's again that that's who we figured would be the one to pick up the slack with Paul Terry being out. AC sprain for Paul Terry. Uh, no word yet whether or not he's going to be available for week eight. But, you know, you have to figure that you're right. I mean, and then we'll go into depth of it later, but with Darnell Holland, we figured he would be the guy to come in and do it. Yeah, for sure. That's absolutely who I thought would. Um, and, and, you know, he didn't have a bad game had he gotten more carries, but still a 5.6 average. Uh, all their running backs put up a pretty good average, so it was nice to finally see them give them the opportunity to uh, to keep carrying the ball and not just a handful of times. Cookus carried it for uh, four times for 18 yards as well. So, you know, again, it's just a, a lot of uh, back and forth for this guy. Uh, when he threw the ball, though, I, I see Justin already smiling on his face. <laughs> Because that means that Bug Howard had himself another fantastic day. Uh, Bug Howard, man, that that guy. I, they talk about him every weekend as being not a tight end, and and I, this this week is no different. Four catches on six targets, only thirty six yards, but the man went into the end zone twice. So where Colburn got three touchdowns, Bug Howard caught two, and they were really impressive touchdowns, by the way. They really were. Um, you know me; I don't like to thump my chest much but i did say he would be the number one tight end in fantasy football he's not only the number one tight end but only five receivers have outscored him so he if you drafted him he can carry your team he's one of those rare tight ends like you find in the, in the nfl where he gives you a huge advantage over the person you're playing so we talked though about the fact that uh there was not a lot of completions to be had here obviously cook has only completed 11 passes bug caught four of those which means everybody else just kind of got the the leftovers and devin gray was one of them he had two catches 19 yards uh colburn got in the mix with two catches for 12 yards chris Rowland, the dude we we praised him in the first couple of weeks of the season but uh has gone the way of the spring league receiver just sort of faded into the background one catch eight yards darnell holland also with a catch uh others receiving votes i.e. targets <laughs> Sewell got a couple of targets and Wells got a couple of targets even Maurice Alexander got three targets but one catch for a negative two yards on that little swing pass so I mean look Cookus didn't need to do much I guess is really what the takeaway is here right yeah the Stars um, game was all about the defense and the run game so he he really didn't have to do much and if they can keep that going um, they're going to be looking pretty good I think I think so too. And again, we'll break down a couple more of those fantasy options when we come back after the break with our starter sit because uh, a couple of those names are on our list. Uh, speaking of names on our list, look, Jordan Ta'amu, I'm still not ready to say is the the best quarterback in the league still. We are seven weeks in and I'm not ready to crown him that. Uh, put the ball up 40 times, completed 27 of them for 333 yards, four touchdowns, but one very costly interception justin is it just that he does not have the supporting cast around him to make him a better quarterback or are these numbers deceiving based on the game flow i think it's a little a little b um he's definitely made some mistakes especially that that interception that just um started the game flow in the negative i guess for the bandits right away and they could never recover from that he also fumbled the ball um, you know, we talk about it all the time with NFL quarterbacks, uh, ball protection is key ball security. So if you're throwing interceptions, if you're fumbling, then you're not putting your team in the best position to succeed. And that's what the best quarterback in the league needs to do. Yeah. And he's just not doing it right now. And, and he looks, the thing is, is that Jordan Tomu to me looks very uncomfortable. He looks like he can't get comfortable in the pocket. His release is usually when he's when he's throwing well, it's good. But when he's under pressure, when he looks discombobulated, he just he looks like he doesn't. He's not releasing the ball the way you want it to. And a lot of these balls sail. Uh, again, a sixty-seven percent completion rate, 
not all that great. You know, you're, you're putting up 40 passes, only completing 27 of them. It just, it's not going to get it done. And also, to that point, he's still the team's leading rusher. Nine carries, 61 yards on the scramble. The next best was B.J. Emmons, who carried the ball 10 times for 21 yards. You know, Jawan Washington got involved, eight for 21. Even Franklin got involved, two carries for three yards. It's just, there's no run support for Tomo either. Yeah, there's not, and the line just doesn't help in the run game. It doesn't help protect him. Um, I think, you know, we might see a little bit different Jordan Tamu if that line would hold up, but as of right now, we don't, and so it's really hard to gauge whether or not he is, in fact, the best or most talented, I guess, uh, quarterback in the league. I mean, look, and it's not as if there's a bunch of them that are standouts right now. I mean, if you look up and down the line, and we'll talk about them as we break down each game, it's just... Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of meh play, and then there's some a couple that are really good. But uh, talk about his receivers. <clears throat> Mumphrey was the the biggest one of the day for five catches, fifty yards. Uh, obviously, just for yardage told. Uh, Cheyenne O'Grady two touchdowns on three catches, forty five yards. Not a bad day for uh, O'Grady. And then uh, Daquan Hampton had a touchdown, three catches, fifty five yards. And then Rashad Davis, three catches, 83 yards. Takeaways from this receiving core, as we've seen Dylan go by the wayside catch. He caught six passes, but only for 26 yards. B.J. Ammons got involved as well. No Papali again this week and no Willies this week, really, to speak of. So what are we talking about with these receivers? Well, we'll go ahead and call out. I made a bad call. I said Papali would be fine. I thought his targets would pick back up, and we continue to see it decline. Um, Dylan taking a lot of those targets, but not getting a lot of yards out of it. And then um, Rashad Davis, you know, he had the most yards, but if you take away that 62-yarder that was kind of luck, another play of theirs, second week in a row that had a little bit more luck in it than skill probably. Um, Take that away, and, you know, you don't have anybody that's – like standing out a lot. Um, this was the best performance we've seen from Mumphrey. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that momentum up. Six catches for their tight ends. Just put that in your in your notebook uh, for later on. That That's the same as Dylan with his six catches. So again, we know Tom who loves his tight ends and he's got two very athletic ones. So, I mean, going forward, if you're going to flex a, a, a bandit's tight end, you, you may get something out of it. For sure. Six catches and three touchdowns. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at at this point. So, uh, I don't know. I still don't like the Bandits. Call me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on to the next game of the week where Michigan, the Michigan Panthers, man, you felt good for them for a half a second, thought maybe they would be better than they are, and then they reminded us they're the Michigan Panthers. uh, Lost to the Stallions, but then again, it's the Stallions. Everybody's lost to the Stallions. 33-17 was the final score there in this this was barely even close. Maybe the first half was close. Maybe first three quarters. But the Stallions reminded everybody who they were in that fourth quarter, scoring two touchdowns and pulling completely away. Just, a, a, again, one of those days for the Panthers. Shea Patterson, 209 yards, a touchdown, interception. Nothing really to speak home about. He only carried the ball three times this time for five yards, but he did get that touchdown as well on the ground. I mean, look. They're going to give it to Shea Patterson. This is his team, win or lose. And so far, it's just been lose. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just not enough to get the job done. You know, last week he had kind of a breakout performance. Um, I did hear him say that the coach said that's because they uh, the Bandits took away their run game. So it was really interesting to see the Stars succeed with their run game when they haven't been that good. Um, And while, you know, Patterson, he hasn't looked terrible he just, aside from that one game, he has not shown us why he was the number one pick. That's, I mean, right? That's that's really what it all boils down to. And it's just a matter of, we see the potential, but I don't necessarily think, that, I mean, it's 24-35, a uh, 68.6 percentage uh, for completion. And his, his average completion is six yards. You're just not going to get a lot done uh, when you're doing that. Now, look, Reggie Corbin came in. And carried the ball 16 times for 71 yards, a 4.4 average. So he's getting a little help in that run game, but this is a run game that everybody said was going to be the best in the game between Stevie Scott and Reggie Corburn, and we have not seen the best running game in the league from the Panthers yet with this Jeff Fisher offense. 
Yeah, it's definitely been a surprise. Um, you know, and Corbin's had a couple good weeks, but aside from that, they've been similar to this one. You know, you have your seven fantasy football points from rushing yards um, in 71 yards. And it's just, it, it's not doing the game. It's not doing anything on the field and it's not doing enough for your fantasy football team either. Not even a little. Uh, the the lone bright spot, really, if you want to pick one, is this receiving core uh, that's got some very talented receivers. You can't stop number seven. You cannot stop Lance Lenore Jr. Nine catches, 82 yards, 12 targets, man. Like, they were, they were looking at number seven almost all night long, and he was catching just about everything that was thrown at him. That wasn't an overthrow. Yeah, for sure. And that's more the same from him. Um, he's second in the league with 52 targets. So that's somebody that they continue to look at. Um, and the defenses can't do enough to stop them from looking his way. No, and he's just, he's burning everybody. He had a long of 20, but, you know, his average depth, his average catch was 9.1 yards. Uh, and you look up and down, I mean, that that's really the story for these guys, too. Uh, Devin Ross, 9.6 average. Uh, Joe Walker, 8.5. So, I mean, they were catching balls that were close to the first down marker just about every single time. Uh, Ross, seven catches for 67 yards in the touchdown. Walker, kind of quiet, four catches, 34 yards uh, on eight targets, but... You know, you look at the target share, and that's exactly it. Ross got eight targets. Walker got eight targets. Petway, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, kind of disappeared. Three catches, 20 yards on three targets, and Corbin got a catch for uh, six yards as well. So, I mean, it's the Panthers, man. If you're if you're riding with one of these, you probably don't have better options at this point. Agreed. And for a team that's a, a run-heavy team, you need more production out of your tight ends there. Um, that's something like we thought we would see out of Pedway, um, but just didn't happen this week. Did not happen this week. Something that did happen this week, though, was Birmingham won. Go figure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mar Smith, 12 of 25. They don't have to do much to win. It's weird. I don't get it. Like, Mar only completed 12 passes. We, we knocked a uh, quarterback a couple of minutes ago for, for only completing 11 passes. Mar 12, but yet they still won. Two touchdowns on those 12 135 yards, uh, but really, I mean, there's not much more we can analyze about Jamar. You're you're starting him. There's no there's no question. He's just you ride or die with this guy. Yeah, I don't know. They made me a little nervous when they put Magoo in for a series. I was happy to see Jamar come back in. Oh, God, given what happened to DeAndre Johnson, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that didn't happen till later, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's let's just we're done with Jamar. We already know that that he's a stud and that. This down week may have been a down week fantasy-wise, but you're going to start him because he's just that good. Uh, but the real story is Justin gives himself a victory lap pat on the back for uh, Bo Scarborough having a blowout game. 16 t- uh, carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. But boy, does he look good. I don't know that we're going to uh, see anybody else but Bo Scarborough going forward. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I I feel like he's more of your bell cow type running back. You know, he's a big dude. He runs hard. And then Marable, once he's healthy, is more of your pass catching third down back. Um, but yeah, 6.6 average. That's about right where he was at college. He was at six. So um, that's what I expected to see out of him. And so it was happy to, I was happy to see him find that success. Yeah, and find it he did too. He just, he made all eyes on him. Uh, this last game because he just he, every time he carried, touched the ball, you were just like, "Well, here we go." Uh, you know, he had that long twenty-eight yarder that just he just barreled through and and literally did not stop. So uh, that that's good for both Scarborough, good for you, and good for you guys if you picked him up because Justin told you to, uh, which is exactly what should have happened in the first place. Uh, Tony Brooks, James, seven carries, thirty-two yards. Alex Magoo brought it down five times for twenty-one yards and got a touchdown. Um, all told, 31 carries by the Stallions, 175 yards, two touchdowns. Great game on the ground, and really they outran the running team. Yeah, and we continue. This is the second week in a row that this running um, this running game has been very strong. It has. Uh, Osiris Mitchell in the receiving game, four catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. But then it just sort of fell off. Uh, Victor Bolden. Targeted 10 times, only caught three for 18 yards. What a frustrating day for the other seven. Yeah, for sure. And he leads the league in targets, but when you can only get three of 10, um, it's not going to do much for you fantasy-wise. It will not. Our boy Jalen Ramsey, one cat, not Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Our boy Ramsey, Peyton Ramsey, one catch, forty yards. Uh, a big catch too. That was a that was a big one, a big one in the game. It was. I reached out to him and congratulated on him. Uh, I like started yelling at the TV, and Miranda was like, "What happened?" I was like, "It's Peyton Ramsey." <laughs> <laughs> it's. I love that we celebrate every single one of his catches. It's because it's right. always a spectacular catch too. It's never just a mundane one. Yep, exactly. And you just, uh, you know, we talked about it from the very beginning. After that interview, you can't help but just root for that guy. You just want him to succeed. You sure do. Um, all right, look, here's one thing, though. The Stallions defense, if you have the Stallions defense, you've been pleasantly surprised uh, over the last few weeks. They got three sacks uh, last week against the Panthers. One interception. It just They've been all over the place. They've been forcing turnovers. They've been sacking teams. So, um if you're a playoff contender team, uh, you might want to consider trying to package something for a team that's trying to find their way up to get the the Stallions and maybe try to pump them that, you know, they can't be this good every week and you only got a couple weeks left. So you need a quarterback more than you need a defense, right? Use whatever trickery you have to. <laughs> <laughs> whatever voodoo you do, make sure it works for you. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Maulers and the Breakers. Ah, poor. Look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't think Kirby Wilson is what this team needs. Yes, Pittsburgh got their win. Yes, everybody celebrated, but they sure came back down to earth quite quickly last week against the Breakers. And it wasn't like they didn't have the opportunity to try to at least make it a game. Um, <clears throat> in fact, they went down 10 nothing at the half. And they looked flat. But then they came back and actually scored 16, all 16 of their points in the second half. They just needed to hold and have the defense hold the breakers if they wanted to do something. So <clears throat> this game could have went the other direction. But Vad Lee, after a very impressive first outing, came out and looked like he didn't remember the playbook. 17 completions, 34 yards. Uh, only completed half of his passes for 198. A touchdown but two costly interceptions for Vad Lee. Um, are we worried about him going forward? I don't think so. So the first game he had success, I think that was more of a, you know, the the quarterbacks coming in, you got that adrenaline going and everybody's excited because you're starting to move the ball. To, uh, last week we saw more of um, kind of them not on the same page yet. You know, they don't have that full comfortability that we thought we saw when he came in two weeks ago. One of the things that was interesting on the the pick six, um, I'll give I'll give Kirby Wilson one good shout out here of a coaching move he did. So after that pick six, Vadley was extremely upset with Bailey Gaither. Yeah, why didn't he turn at me? Why wouldn't he turn and look? You know, and Kirby told him, "Look, go calm down for thirty seconds, then go talk to him about it. Calm down first, though." So I thought that was really good. And then you saw them drive down the field, and he threw the touchdown pass to Bailey Gaither. So. Um, you know, I, I think the numbers are a little misleading because that interception wasn't his fault. He had the passing touchdown and a rushing one. Um, I'm not worried about him right now. I think he gives the Maulers the best chance for success. And most likely, if you picked him up, it's because you needed somebody to put in the quarterback position. Yep. Yep. You lost uh, <clears throat> You lost Brian Scott early and you weren't able to, to scramble to get somebody else. So, yep, there's your Vad Lee. Uh, as far as the running game is concerned, Madre London, 10 carries, 50 yards. Uh, and then Daniel came in for four for 17. Vad carried it once for a touchdown or he carried it five times, but carried it once for a touchdown. But here's what's intriguing, Justin. You know where I'm going with this. Groshek. Just Garrett Groshek. 14 carries, 7 yards. He is not the answer, especially for a team that was supposed to be just as run heavy as the Michigan Panthers. What happened to Garrett Groshek? I'm asking myself the same question because I have him on my fantasy roster. 14 carries, 7 yards, but his long was 7 yards. So that means 13 of those carries averaged 0 um, for a run first team, for a, a running back who's you know at the top of your depth chart right now you got to perform better than say your fullback did who had four carries for 17 yards. Um, it's just a bad outing. And it might be more of a fact that when Groshek's lined up there, their play set really looks like, Oh, they're going to run the ball. And I feel like if I'm seeing that from my couch, the defense is definitely seeing that. I mean, look, we're, we're yeah, 
I, I kept pounding. I was I was so mad. I, I was tweeting out so mad. He is not the answer. He is not the answer. Garrett Groshek is not. If the question is, who should I hand the ball off to, it is not Garrett Groshek. And where would this team be without Pizzagate? I mean, we could be looking <laughs> at a completely different team. I am sure Davion is just watching this in absolute joy, knowing uh, that he could have made a difference in that team. Uh, all right, speaking of making a difference, uh, Isaiah Heine, 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 Isaiah Heine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Henny, I think, yeah. uh, it is Isaiah Henny. Four <laughs> catches, 71 yards. Come out of nowhere. Where the heck did Isaiah Henny come from? Uh, but he had 71 yards on four catches. And then Delvin Hardaway, four catches for 33. Uh, Walker gra- uh, grabbed two for, for 31. But he had nine targets. He had the most targets on this team and didn't come down with it. Bailey Gaither, again, two catches, 29 yards. One of those was a touchdown. One of them should have been a catch for a touchdown, but wasn't. And just a smattering of other players in there that are, are just not fantasy relevant at this point. So um, outside of Gaither and Walker, uh, did we see the rise of Hen- of Henny? Yeah, it's interesting. His first um, game that he's active, he gets six targets, four catches, 71 yards. Now in a normal league, you would think that would be a look of good things to come in the USFL. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. But um, but no, I thought I thought it looked good in his first action there. So keep him on the on the radar because again, if he's out there on waiver wires, and we'll talk about that in a second after the break, we'll we'll get more in depth than him. Uh, make sure to keep that name on the top of your list. Uh, let's move over to the breakers real quick. Where Kyle Sloter just I, I don't know, man. This is this is another one of those man quarterbacks that I continue to, to harp on. 13 of 21, 92 yards. His team still wins. So I'm <laughs> just I just don't know. It, it's it's crazy. Uh, so tell me about Slaughter. What what are we even feeling about? You know, and when they interviewed him on the side, he said he was seventy percent to maybe eighty percent. Now any player is probably going to exaggerate how they are, you know. So um, the, in saying that he's healthier than he actually is, I would think. So I, I just got to wonder if that injury is bothering him more than we think, or if he's just not getting the job done. But like you said, again, this is a team that with the defense and the run game, he didn't have to do much in order for them to win. No, he did not. And all of a sudden out of nowhere comes Anthony Jones carrying the ball 22 times for 102 yards and a touchdown where Jordan Ellis goes into the back again, 13 carries 47 yards and a touchdown. (sighs) Who's Anthony Jones, Justin, where did he come from? You know, I, I, I got to, give credit to Miranda because it, it, she has some skill, but this has got to be luck, right? She's out CJ Marable. She picks up Anthony Jones. And I asked her, I said, why'd you decide on him? She's like, well, he had three points two weeks ago. I was hoping for just that three to five and he's their lead carrier. That's got to be a little bit of luck in there, but yeah, just exploded. And I wonder if it's, you know, more of a Ellis has been the leading um, backfield as far as carries out of any team he's led the percentage of backfield carries so getting later in the season maybe you want to keep him a little fresh so they add in a little anthony jones and it worked out very well for them with his 102 yards and a touchdown not to mention two catches for 20 yards as well so a couple of ppr points there uh, but yeah it's just frustrating from a week-to-week basis a lot of times when you're putting your whole trust in a guy like jordan ellis and and he's gotten you so far i mean he got you a touchdown so that's not bad but still uh, not the day that Jones had. Uh, Taiwan Taylor, the the leading receiver for the Breakers, five catches, forty yards on six targets. Uh, the biggest target getter there. But you know, not much to speak of. Johnny Dixon, three for nineteen. Um, Adams got you two for sixteen. Jordan Ellis got you two for six. It's just not a lot to do with Sloter being hurt the way he is. Yeah, agreed. And if you've been slotting in Dixon and Adams, just um routine plug them in your dfs play this is like one of the first weeks that that didn't work out so i think this is probably more of an anomaly and it will turn around for them um and you can continue to trust those guys but i guess we'll see moving forward a lot of johnny adams panicked managers just thinking what the heck where'd this guy go uh but yeah i mean just bad luck for him all around i mean he had a couple of of passes that just sort of sailed on him uh that he didn't have any chance to get so uh, we'll see. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Houston Gamblers. Uh, tell you what, man, they they are degens to the core because they keep going to the table. They keep rolling the dice, and for the last five weeks, it has just not come up. 
their way. They lose again to the New Jersey Generals. They lose again in heartbreaking fashion. Justin, do you even feel bad for these guys at this point? I don't. And the announcer <laughs> said something that I thought was hilarious. And um, this will probably poke at our buddy Cody Z. But he said the gamblers are the Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> They're actually pretty good on paper, but they just can't win games. <laughs> I, I was like, what the heck, man? That That's pretty funny. I did. I thought of Cody right away, too. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. For the gamblers, look, Clayton Thorson, just 15 of 19, 171 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I mean... I, Clayton Thorson's got to be scratching his head, figuring out, trying to figure out what the hell to do now because his 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 team's been in games. He's given him an opportunity. And he hasn't lost him, lost it for him, but he certainly hasn't been winning him far either. Yeah, and this is the sixth week in a row that they have gone into halftime with the lead, and then lost. Um, they've lost five of those. So you got to start looking at the coaching. Um, what are they not doing as far as adjustments? How are they not preparing for adjustments the other team's going to make? Um, Thorson, like you said, not looking great, but he's not looking bad either. He's not losing them the game. So I don't think this loss rides on him at all. I uh, definitely don't. Where it definitely lies, I think, to be honest with you, if you're talking about going into halftime with the lead, the best way to hang on to the lead is running the ball after the half. And something that Houston did well to begin the season with, obviously with Mark Thompson, but have not done quite so well the last few weeks as Dalen Dawkins came in as the leading yards getter on six attempts and 24 yards. But Mark Thompson just fallen off the board. 11 carries, 23 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. Just not the day you want out of the league's leading rusher for the first few weeks of the season. Not at all. I mean, he salvaged his day fantasy-wise by catching two touchdowns, but um, definitely not the game. One of the craziest things out of this game is the Gamblers did not touch the ball in the third quarter. I don't think I've ever watched a game of football where one team didn't touch the ball for a full quarter. So um, obviously that hurt them as far as trying to maintain this lead. Um, but yeah, they they have to get this run game going, whether it's Dawkins, Thompson, if Devois Whaley gets healthy and comes back, somebody has got to do something for him. Just looking at the time of possession, the Generals, 40 minutes, 25 seconds. The, the Gamblers, 19 minutes, 11 seconds. That's That's insane. That's double the time that they had the ball. That is insane. And they only won by one. So this should have been the gambler's game. <laughs> it but it, yeah, insane. Uh, Tio Redding catching three passes for 76 yards, showing up out of almost nowhere with a touchdown. Uh, Isaiah Zuber, the darling of this team over the first few weeks, two catches, 33 yards. Um, Thompson, just like you said, two touchdowns on three catches for 25 yards. Uh, Palka gets two for 17. Ward gets two for 13. Dawkins gets in the mix. Uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams just continues to disappear. Two catches for three yards. Um, you know, not much to say about these guys. Isaiah Zuber, are we scared? Um, yes and no. I think if you have him, you have to start him. But um, I would uh, lower your expectations until he has more of these breakout games. Um, and it definitely looks like Thorson's feeling a little more comfortable throwing to T.O. Redding a guy that you know you were high on coming into the season, and he's finally starting to show his potential and um, come down with some big catches. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's move over to the general side of the ball. DeAndre Johnson, the big story here. Four of four to start the game for 52 yards and a touchdown, but left. Just just got rolled up on. You saw, the, just, you saw him get hurt, and you were like, oh, man. Uh, and then Luis Perez comes in and just does Luis Perez things, uh, loses the ball in a fumble, uh, incomplete passes galore, but somehow, some way, becomes the savior of the game with a rushing touchdown in the literal last second of the game. Finished tonight, 18 for 24, 159 yards and a touchdown pass, but uh, I don't want to rest my hopes on Luis Perez. I hope Johnson's fine again. Just to pick you up, you need to. There's this guy on social media who claims Luis Perez is a god, oh my god. and that he's the savior of this team. And look at the stats, he says. And I want to be like, what about the fumbles and everything else? Um, I, I, I will say though, the savior of this game, not Luis Perez, Victor, who pushed him into the end zone. Whoops, hit my mic. Sorry, Ooh, you got <laughs> excited. Him. Yeah, pushes him into the end zone. Uh, for those of you who can't see, I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> um, 
so, uh, you know, I don't think without Victor there, I don't think that would have been a touchdown. No, and it didn't look like he was going to have it on first on first push either. You're right. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him pushing him behind, that would have been it. Speaking of Victor, 16 carries, 57 yards, uh, where Trey Williams also 16 carries. So they split the ball evenly on carries for 76 yards. Uh, but Trey busting out the touchdown. Uh, I love me some Trey Williams. I'm sorry. I always have. I always will. The, the guy's just an explosive runner. I know Victor's the bowling ball, but Trey Williams just brings it for me. Yeah, this is the outlier where Williams gets the touchdown and Victor doesn't. Um, but I think I think they're both fantasy relevant going forward. You know, I think Williams is going to get you a lot of yards, and Victor he's going to get those those red zone inside the five looks and get you a chance for a touchdown. Can't credit him with the Perez touchdown though, can you? you just, <laughs> unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, uh, Kevontae Turpin continues to be the dual threat. He got three carries for twenty-eight yards, uh, and then Johnson obviously pulled it down for four yards when he got hurt. Uh, Perez tried to run three times, got negative one out of it. Uh, negative one yards, but he still got the touchdown. So somewhere along the lines, he gained a yard here and there. <laughs> right. So, uh, rushing game all told 39 carries, 164 yards, two touchdowns for the generals who love to throw them the ball. And Cavante Turpin just continues to be the guy for this team. I loved him going into this season. I'm so glad that he's, he's having the success he's having lately. 10 catches on 11 targets, 106 yards, but two touchdowns and everything. Everyone else is just sort of an afterthought after Turpin on this, on this roster now. Absolutely, and Turpin becomes the receiving yardage leader this week with his 106 yards, um, and the two touchdowns obviously don't hurt his value either. I love to see this guy succeed, getting his second chance. He was supposed to uh, be kind of one of the top rounds in the NFL, and then due to some off-field stuff, that kind of went by the wayside. So um, it's really nice to see him succeed because he is a very talented player. Absolutely. Alonzo Moore, two for 29. Darius Shepard, two for 26. Woody Brandom, three for 22. You know, but again, it was all absolutely uh, Turpin's, Turpin's one. Okay, fine. Fine. Luis Perez caught a, a Philly special for 14 yards, whatever. But yeah. And then Will Saxton gets in the mix, two for 10 yards. Uh, yeah. Satterfield, the week one darling, one catch, seven yards kind of can give up on him at this point right yeah yep he's fallen by the wayside and it's just one of those things you have a breakout week one and then you don't hear from him again pretty much and you really haven't i'm getting scared that alonzo moore may not be a thing and that we may have to give up on alonzo moore at some point but uh i don't know i'm not ready to yet he's got he's got too big a game potential for me to give up on him can't rely on nebraska players Damn, <laughs> throwing shade out there. Uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some replacements for these guys uh, coming up after the break as we give you some start-sit advice. But before we do, make sure to tell you to get down on the win bets. $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the win bet casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1 thousand dollars all of you can receive a twenty dollar free bet when you win lose or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between thursday and saturday take advantage of the offer on the nba playoffs if you want if you so fancy the match the match is coming to the win and you can bet on it at win bet tom brady aaron Rodgers minus 200 josh allen patrick mahomes plus 165 side are you on so much to choose from and all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state for play through WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 let's move to sleeper it's the fastest growing community platform a fantasy platform today with millions of players i know you already use it i know you already got fantasy leagues on there i know i do because i'm actually drafting right now in a zombie league using sleeper and i love that format can't wait to play it through it's game-changing product it's unlike anything else in the industry now you can make money on sleeper you love to make money now make it on sleeper by playing the new over under game it's super simple first in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball, hits in baseball, goals in hockey, whatever it is, pick that. Choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest, and if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money 
you put in. And the main reason I'm super excited about the over-under game on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks because that's what I do with the tap of a single button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop right now what you're doing. Download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. You can join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper's going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad. Get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Sweaty sack summer's approaching, and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the king of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years, two full years, designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Look, I've got them on right now. These boxers, I can tell you, they're the softest fabric of any underwear. They're so breathable, it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know it is serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bugle breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code SGP at manscaped.com. That jewel patch, I'm telling you, designed to create little boys in their own special space. Space. It's lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. Basically, imagine your balls sipping pina colada, chilling on a hammock on some tropical beach. I know you can do it. I know you want to do it. Do it. Right now, go get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Once the Boxers 2.0 touch your sack, you're never going back. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you get your day started right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. It's cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs when your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do you know that online browsing using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, ISP, other prying guys. That is why, folks, I use IPVanish VPN. Makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from folding from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's literally that simple. Use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public... I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com SGP. Use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. All righty. We are back with our start or sit questions here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Justin, uh, like we said, we're, we're ever so close to the playoffs now, and this is where start sit becomes all the more important. So we got to figure out who to put on your on your bench and who to actually start in your week eight uh, fantasy contest. So we'll start the suggestions off with you as we always do because uh, I like to give you first crack at uh, at players. So uh, where do, where are we starting for your start sit? I know I always feel bad. I always want to message you like, are you sure you don't want to pick the first ones? You can. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm going to start with Keith Mumphrey. A guy who um, 
you know, when he was drafted, it kind of opened a lot of eyes because he has experience with Tamu from the XFL Battlehawks. They have experience together, so they have that comfortability. Now, he was injured the first three weeks. Week four, he was active but didn't really play much. Week five, he only had two targets. And then he had a breakout this last week, seven targets, five catches for 50 yards. Um, the Bandits can't run the ball. They're going to keep throwing the ball. And so I think there's going to be a lot of targets to go around. There's going to be a lot of passing. And Keith Mumphrey's a guy that now that he's healthy, now that he's, he's, he's getting the chance to get on the field, I think Tom was going to keep looking his way um, because of uh, just that experience that he has with him and to know that he can rely on him. So he's somebody that if you have a, a deep league and he's out there, um, stash him. If you have a not-so-deep league, he probably is out there since he just had his breakout week. I would definitely look into picking him up, especially if you need help at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys where you're, you're every week there's going to be a new somebody that pops onto the scene, right? I mean, that's just the nature of this beast, especially for the first season of the existence of this league in its reboot. So, yeah, Mumphrey is just a long line. You know, I have a feeling that he's going to be out there on a lot of waiver wires, so make sure you prioritize that claim because going forward, I think that familiarity, yes, is there. His best game as a battle hawk was uh, actually the last week they played, uh, or not the last week they played, last week he played, uh, in the second to last week of the season, he had two catches for 51 yards on two targets. Uh, but he did have a, a three-catch game for 39 yards against the Roughnecks back in week two. So uh, you're right. Uh, Tamu knows how to look for Mumphrey, and he's going to have to do something. That He just can't be the end-all, be-all of this team. He's going to have to have folks to step up for him, and, and that running game is not doing it. So it's going to fall on his receivers if they want to win any more games. And, and they got a tough matchup. This week, it's not even, this is going to be one where they're probably going to need to throw quite a bit as well against the Generals because we just watched what the Generals did to the Gamblers and they're going to put a lot of pressure on Tomu, so he's going to have to go out and find those receivers and hopefully Mumphrey will be the one to help him out. Agreed. Um, quick side note, I thought it was interesting. Our friend USFL Jim said that the Bandits are now the new benchmark team where if you beat them, you're a good team, and if you lose to them, you're a bad team. And I can't think of a better way to uh, describe the Bandits right now. Um, it's the same that we've seen from the quarterback play, the run play. I mean, it's just up and down. You know, it's right in the middle usually. At 3-3, three and three, they're basically it's and they've done it too. They've alternated win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. It's it's crazy. Uh, you would think that on that pattern, they're they're going to win against the generals, but that's a tough ta that's a tough ask to win this week against the generals. Yeah, and hopefully Johnson plays for the generals. I think he gives them. Obviously, we've said it um, pretty much every week. He gives them the better chance to win. I, yeah, please, God, don't let Perez start. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to the second uh, second suggestion for you from the Maulers. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, so Isaiah Henney has a breakout performance. You know, he was just picked up by the Maulers, um, his first active game. Now, look, I know that Trey Walker gets a lot of targets, um, but I wonder how much of that was Kyle Laletta just throwing to his first read. And Bailey Gaither gets a lot of targets, um, especially in the end zone. You know, he's kind of their touchdown guy. But Isaiah Henney came out. Um, he's for, he played college ball at Sacramento State, had 139 catches, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns there. Um, came out and had himself a game. And, you know, when you start to build that confidence with a quarterback who is also new, um, he's going to continue to look your way. Um and he's only five foot seven, so he's a smaller guy, but he's got some speed. And when you look at his scouting reports, all the coaches said that he's short, but he plays with uh, a lot of heart. And you know, and clear eyes, full hearts—that's good enough for me. Yeah, and again, this this is one of those guys that's going to be on your on the waiver wire because he's out there. He's out there on our league, which means you know that he's out there in other <laughs> leagues. Uh, and and so. For a breakout game like that, after having two weeks of nothing, this is definitely one where you go and create a waiver claim for him because you're you're not you're going to get him for free basically as long as you're in the right waiver uh, claim and and a guy like him going forward, 
yes, Pittsburgh is a mess, but somebody's got to step up. And, and the fact that he did this week kind of gives you the, the warm and fuzzies because maybe him and Vad, like you said, can can get some sort of thing going in practice. Maybe now Vad will say, hey, look, I, I like you. Let's do this. And, and going forward for the last three weeks, or at least you get a good week out of him before the playoffs. Absolutely. And if you're in a league like ours that has eight teams and six bench spots, there's somebody on your bench that's doing nothing. So you might as well pick them up and uh, kind of stash them there and see if he can continue that success. I guarantee you there's somebody on your bench that's doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, I, I will say that he's a Sacramento State guy, so I'm, I'm pretty, uh, uh, you know, I, I have a soft spot for him with him being so close to uh, to me over here. Uh, so I'll, I'll maybe I'll put a waiver claim in for him. I don't know where I lay on the on the waiver uh, on the waiver status, but I'll definitely put a claim in for him. Absolutely. Uh, all right, but look, I don't know. The only thing that would hold me back from this would be the fact that it's the Maulers and and it's Kirby Wilson. <laughs> but I guess, like I said, somebody's got to do something, right? I mean, they can't run the ball, so. <laughs> no, they can't. They can't run the ball at all. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next player on your list, uh, and that is, we talked about him earlier, it's Anthony Jones. Yeah, Anthony Jones came out. He was picked up um, after week four. Week five, he got eight carries for 21 yards and then exploded last week, 22 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Um, definitely somebody you want to pick up. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Ellis is their starting running back, or he has been anyways. I think they probably are kind of laying back a little bit on his carries to make sure he's fresh for the playoffs because they're putting themselves in a good position to make the playoffs. Um, but it's definitely going to be a one-two punch, it looks like. So Jones is somebody that if he's out there, and he most likely is, unless Miranda's in your league and picked him up. Um, <laughs> then I, I would I would pick him up. I mean, running backs, it's hard to find running backs that are putting up consistent um, performances. You know, like a guy like Garrett Groshek, who I drafted as my first running back, has not been consistent for weeks now. And there's not a lot of answers out there. Um, so this is a guy picked up two weeks ago, then breaks out with a performance like he did. Larry Rose is on the team. He can't seem to stay healthy, um, and he hasn't done anything when he he hasn't done much when he was healthy. So, if Jones is out there, pick him up. Um, he's gonna get fantasy production. Larry Rose, just so sad for me because I, I had high hopes for him coming in. I thought he would do a heck of a lot better than he did, and obviously Jordan Ellis kind of came in and stole his thunder and and basically held on to the the lead back role there. So, I mean. Do you think, though, Justin, that we can what, – what can we expect from him next week and maybe even going forward, Anthony Jones? Yeah, I don't think you're going to get the same performance you got this week. I really don't. Um, but I do think you'll get some yards out of it. So I would look at him more as maybe a flex position. Um, you know, you're looking to maybe get those um, 30 to 40 yards rushing ball and a, and a couple catches, a catch or two. So – the, you know, not a ton of points, but we've talked about it before in that flex position. Sometimes five points is all you need. Yep. And they're going against the uh, Panthers next week, who actually gave up uh, a gigantic game to Scarborough on the game. Remember, we talked about it. They gave up 175 yards on the ground to the uh, to the Stallions last week. So maybe just maybe this is a good opportunity for this New Orleans ground game to get moving as well. Uh, and Anthony Jones makes for a great Waiver wire claim, unless you're in our league, and then you don't get to claim them on waivers. Miranda just gets to steamroll you every week. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's continue on to my picks now, where I've got Devin, we're talking about the Panthers, I've got Devin Ross uh, as, as a guy that I think you should keep an eye out on. Uh, I, I say that because I kept an eye out on him all season long. He was on my team uh, in our league. But last week he had his best game, obviously 16.2 fantasy points where uh, really it's just been building up to that type of a, of a situation for him. He had 3.5 in week four, 9.3 in week five, and now he comes out with a big 16.2 game. Uh, really, you know, for, for Devin Ross, this is all a matter of Shea Patterson needing to find somebody. 
that's not Lance Lenore. Because as we saw, Lance Lenore gets all the love. But Ross was right behind him with eight uh, targets as well and caught seven of those for a touchdown. I have a feeling this is going to be a situation where uh, Patterson's going to continue to try to do this uh, week in and week out because, again, his running game is not there for him the way they expected it to be. So all, especially if they're trying to press to win games now because they have to. They're at one and five. They have to win out if they want any shot whatsoever at making the playoffs because nobody's mathematically eliminated yet, right? That's correct. So, yeah, they're going to need to put the ball up in the air quite a bit to to try to win ball games, and especially flank, playing from behind. So every one of these receivers becomes more valuable, and Devin Ross becomes even more valuable because he's not Lance Lenore, and you know that they're going to be game planning to stop number seven on the Panthers. Yeah, for sure. He's a little bit under the radar, but because the touchdowns haven't been there until last week, and he hasn't had huge yardage um, production, but he's averaging six targets a week. Um, he has 35 through six weeks, and then these past two weeks, he's gone over 60 yards. So uh, I love that pickup. That's a that's a solid wide receiver to be able to pick up going into week seven, who is starting to really turn his targets into catches and yardage now. Especially if he is out there on the waiver wire for you, especially if nobody's nobody's snatched him up yet or if everybody's sort of just given up on him. If he's out there on the waiver wire, by all means, grab him. And if you had him on the bench last week waiting for his good week, uh, he had it last week. But I think it's okay to go ahead and put him in for somebody that might not be performing for you the way you want him to, and especially in a flex position right now. For sure. So, uh, all right, let's move on to Matt Colburn. Matt Colburn. Man, that coming out of nowhere for the Stars. Uh, but I think he may have claimed himself a spot. Uh, he had two points in week four, 5.9 in week five, and then blew up for 34 points uh, in week six, which, you know, we talked about his his numbers and how well he did. But, you know, that's the thing about this, this Stars running game. Um, if Paul Terry comes back, when Paul Terry comes back, what what does this do to his his performance and and what do we expect out of Colburn going forward? Yeah, I think um, when Paul Terry comes back, you'll have more of a shared backfield. However, I think he had definitely earned himself the right to be able to get more carries. Um, and, and the Stars in general, they just need to run the ball more. Their average yard per carry um, over each game has been pretty decent. So, and out of all these guys, they've all shown some flash with Terry, um, Holland, and now Colburn. So I think they just need to run the ball. It's it's a messy backfield because there's so much talent there, but I think it's worth picking Colburn up. I definitely think he's a valuable player, and um, they're going to look at that performance, 140 yards, three touchdowns, and say, we need to get him the ball more. I agree. And yeah, if you have him on your team already uh, and we're waiting, like we said, with with Ross for the time to start him, I think this might be the time to start him, especially if you hear that Paul Terry is going to be out again with that AC sprain. Uh, so keep an eye on the injury report. Sebastian Fearon going to be putting out more of those this week. So keep an eye on those. And if that's the case, then have uh, have him ready again. Have Colburn ready again, because I think we're in for another big week out of him uh, as well. All right, the last guy on my list, Justin, is is uh, I, I am only doing this because there's probably some folks that are gun-shy about Mark Thompson uh, when they see that he's not rushing the ball very well. But here is your reminder that fantasy does not always equal the same thing that happens in your eye test sometimes. Sometimes the two don't mirror up where uh, Thompson may not be flashy with the, the headlines as far as rushing is concerned, but he's still at 18 points. Last week in fantasy, he had eight the week before. He's still putting up numbers for you, especially in a position that have dwindling returns. Yeah, week four is the only week that I think he didn't pan out for you fantasy-wise. So um, I realize 11 carries for 23 yards with a 2.1 average on the ground is a little scary. You don't know if you want to trust him again, especially when it's two weeks removed from only having 10 yards on 14 carries. But he continues to find ways to get open, you know, out of the backfield. They continue to rely on him. Uh, I don't think you should be gun shy moving forward um, because I think he's going to find a way to get fantasy football points, whether it's in the air, catching those little passes, um, you know, where he doesn't have to do much work, just catch the ball and run it in um, or out of the backfield. Mark Thompson still, he's got 66 points on the season. The highest point getter that is not, 
Um, well, no, no, I take that back. Jordan Ellis just passed him, but one of the highest point getters in the running back position still. Uh, and definitely don't be afraid to keep starting him week after week because you've seen his potential. Don't get scared. I mean, I know what you see on the field. I know what you hear the announcers say about this running game, but Mark Thompson is still good for you for fantasy purposes. Don't give up on him just yet. Or if you want to give up on him, go ahead and trade me for him. I'll, I'll, I'll find room for him on my roster. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, Justin, we've helped folks through yet another crazy USFL week. Uh, I cannot wait to see what this week has in store. There's the biggest spread out there right now. 12 and a half points. The Maulers are uh, are not favored by that. It's the Maulers are on the wrong side of it for the Stallions. Do you think this game is going to be a gigantic blowout the way it is? Um, yeah, I think the Stallions just have too much momentum going. Um, credit to Vadley with what he's been able to do in a short amount of time, but I don't think it's going to be enough against the Stallions team. They are a freight train, and the Maulers are not going to be the ones that stop them or slow them down. No, unfortunately, that is some scheduling stuff right there. Uh, so make sure you load up on Isaiah, Isaiah Henney because Vad's going to be throwing that ball a lot <laughs> this week. He may be your fantasy MVP of the week for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Justin, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media as we wrap things up for this episode. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at jmarkfootball. And find his work all over the SGPN website because he is a valuable member of the society and we love him a lot. Thanks for joining us as always on Tuesday. Justin, find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Subscribe to this show on the SGPN app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We'll be back on Thursday with more NFL talk, but it'll be uh, really real. And Scott's back tomorrow with their NFL talk as well. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, just more fun. The playoffs are almost upon us in the USFL. Hopefully you've enjoyed the fantasy football portion of this. And uh, yeah, we, we enjoyed bringing it to you. I'll tell you that right now. So until next week, everybody, let's play some football and let it ride. Some